Europe imposes 25% tariff on pinball machines. Deep Root Show's latest Razor game. Stern launches Star Wars comic art pin. Hi, my name is Jonathan Houston. I'm the editor of Pinball Magazine. And um, welcome to the Pinball News and Pinball Magazine Pincast. I'm joined here with... I'm Martin Ebb and the editor of Pinball News. And we're here with... Uh, well, I'm here with Jonathan. And we're going to look back at what was actually an action-packed month of November 2020. Right. And, uh, yeah, it's actually... You know, sometimes we say it's been a fairly quiet month until I end up talking for about an hour. But, uh, or two. This time... Yeah, or two sometimes. Uh, but this time, I think there is a lot been going on, even though you know there's not been a huge number of game releases. There's, there's still been a lot of lot of industry news, and that's what we're here for. Right. So we're going to summarize all of that um, and, um, well, discuss it, of course. Um, and we'll try to keep it under two hours. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> okay, so let's start off with, uh, with our first headline, which is about the European Union imposing... Uh, well, a surprise imposition of a 25% import tariff on various U.S. products or U.S. manufactured products and uh, caught up in all that were pinball machines and pinball parts, which means that anything from, well, from the 10th of November onwards that's uh, sent from the U.S. to any European Union country and the United Kingdom at the moment will have to pay a 25% import tariff at the point where it hits customs, which um, came as a bit of a shock, I think, to a lot of people. I don't yeah. think anybody was really expecting that. Well, uh, if, if you're talking about a $6,000 pinball machine, um, and by the time it's uh, imported to Europe, there's already uh, an import tax being applied outside of the 25%. Uh, I think that's like... Twenty uh, percent. So, um, the, the, uh, and then there's VAT being added, which is uh, on, on luxury goods, uh, ninety to twenty-one percent in most European countries. So mm -hmm. basically, um, adding another twenty-five percent to that, yeah, that makes pinball machines kind of. Well, not kind of. Uh, yeah. Basically, um, uh, I'll be passing on new inbox pinball machines. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, it's worth adding that all this is, is added on on top of the cost of shipping as well. Yes. So, so um, obviously, I mean, if you're sending a container of machines over, any distributor or a, or a large buyer, then you can uh, consolidate some of those costs and uh, amalgamate them into the price per machine. But... Um, if you're just sending you know, a, f a couple of games over, then you have to pay quite a lot of uh, shipping charges. On top of which, you then charge the the customs um, and the and the VAT tax as well. Right. So, so, yeah. so, so, so to put things in perspective for uh, uh, U.S. listeners, um, uh, take for example uh, total nuclear annihilation. Um, prior to this twenty five percent tariff, um, that was a six thousand dollar pinball machine, which if you could buy it in Europe, you'd probably be paying 8,000 uh, uh, euro, which is like, let's say, roughly $8,500. So there's basically $2,500 added in uh, taxes sh and shipping costs, basically, and there's still hardly any profit. Mm. So, and now add 25% on top of that. Yeah, so it's getting up to about, you know... Um 
about 70% more more expensive for a game in Europe than it is in the US. Right. So, uh, I, I, and uh, did that did that figure that you gave include shipping, or was that uh, was that a separate price? Well, uh, the game originally cost six thousand without shipping, and then of course mm-hmm. by the time you get it to Europe, um, you're looking at eight thousand euro, eighty five hundred uh, dollars, something like that. So. Right. Okay. So add on another seventeen hundred. On top of that, you're up to nine nine two. Okay, so um, basically a $6,000 uh, pinball machine is like a $10,000 oh, game a in tenth, Europe. Yeah, 10000 yeah. 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 So that's obviously going to impact on, on sales of new games from from now on until um, either this gets resolved or somebody manages to find a way around it. I, I can't imagine there's an easy way to, uh, to dodge import duties or uh, it would be... Um, well, it will be a big business for someone to do it, but... Well, maybe it, we can smuggle them into the UK and then from the UK move them to Europe and... Uh, well, the, yeah, the UK is in an interesting position. I don't want to get too political on all this because uh, we're here to talk about pinball. But uh, the UK is leaving the... Uh, well, has left the EU uh, and did it the 1st of January last uh, this year. And as of the 1st of January next year, there will be complete separation... At the moment, there is no agreement between the EU and the, the UK about exactly how that's going to work as far as tariffs and trade and all kinds of things, you know, like agriculture and fisheries and um, health care and sharing of um, information you know, for uh, anti-terrorist operations, things like that, and police. And But that's all still being negotiated, and there's hopes that by the time this year is up, that a deal would have been sorted out and um, and ratified by by the 27 other EU countries, as well as the UK. But, you know, this is the beginning of December, and we've got until the end of December to sort it out. Now, as part of that, it may be that uh, the UK has to follow EU tariffs, at least initially, on imports. So there's no guarantee that just because the, the UK leaves the European Union at the end of this year that that 25% tariff on pinball machines and parts as well. Let's not forget, it's not just machines. It's also if you're importing um, rubbers, LEDs, flipper parts, you know, anything like that, they also have to, they've also gone up by 25%. Um, there's no guarantee that that will just vanish come the 1st of uh, January. Yeah. And, and even if it does, I'm sure that if they come into the UK, if they go from the UK into Europe, then that 25% will be added at that point. So I don't think mm. the UK is going to be a sort of backdoor into Europe. And I think there's a lot of negotiation going on to make sure that doesn't happen. Well, um, maybe that uh, might be overseen in in all the negotiations. You never know. Um, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, uh, what are the chances uh, with uh, Biden becoming president that, that such tariffs... Uh, will be um, uh, dropped again. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that? It's possible, but, I, but uh, this is a long, long-running issue. It's all, it all goes back to supposed illegal subsidies paid to uh, both Boeing and Airbus for uh, manufacture of, of planes. Uh, the, uh, the US imposed tariffs on the EU of a similar kind on things like cheese and wine, that happened um, last um, about a year ago, I believe, and that's been ongoing. And 
So this is this is um, that that was when it was agreed by the World Trade Organization, the WTO, that they were it was it was allowed for the US to do that. Uh, it was just recently uh, um, agreed that Europe could do a, a tit for tat, you know, um, move and impose tariff this tariff that we're talking about on US goods. Now it's um, it's a bit uh, galling that it's uh, impacting pinball because the tariff is designed to um, only apply to products which are available from sources other than the US. So it's kind of like uh, if you're looking at, I don't know, wine, for instance, that, that's being brought in. Well, yeah, you can get wine from, you no, know, you can get wine from South America, from Australia, New Zealand, and you can get Californian wine and another wine from, from the US. So that would make American wine 25% more expensive and less competitive, and it would hit American wine producers. Right. Uh, to the benefit of other producers. But with pinball machines, well, you know, apart from uh, Dutch pinball and um, I suppose we also uh, mentioned Haggis pinball as well. Um, and um, some other companies. Yeah, yeah, home pin. Some other companies which we'll be talking about a bit later. Now, the vast majority of pinball does come from America. So it's not really, you know, it doesn't really fit into the, the intention of the tariff, but anyway, so we'll, we'll would see. it be possible to, um, to to file for pinball machines to be excluded from the tariff? Could do, but it's um, it's probably such a small amount of, uh, of impact on it. You no, know, in terms of uh, financial trade, that um, I don't imagine anybody's going to uh, going to be bothered um, well, even all considering you, all, it. All, all you need is somebody at customs that says, um, okay, pinball machines are not part of, uh, well, are made in America only. And uh, as such, we don't have to um, uh, yeah, apply no, the fee. Perhaps it'll, perhaps it'll be reviewed this uh, to see whether, see whether it's hitting the, the businesses that it's meant to. But to, just to address your, your point, um, I don't think there'll be a, a quick resolution to this uh, this dispute okay. because it's, it has been going on for years. And um, well, even, even with a change of leadership in the US, um, I, I, I think it'll take a look. These, these things tend to be almost um, you know, above political parties. They're sort of uh, supranational and um, they're things which are... Which are um, considered as part of um, much bigger international trade agreements. Okay, so well, it will be interesting not only to see how this will uh, impact uh, pinball distributors in Europe, but also um, the pinball companies uh, themselves, because as we know, um, well, it's basically common knowledge within the pinball community that uh, usually uh, 40 to 50 percent of uh, games are being exported. Um, and with such a tariff being applied to Europe, let's say that's um, at least 25 percent of, of um, games being exported going to Europe. If those numbers go down, uh, that's going to affect companies like Stern and Jersey Jack a uh, big time. Yeah, I think you're right. And, and initially, I think people will be sort of just waiting to see, they'll be biding their time and, and maybe saying, okay, I've got this game pre-ordered, but okay, can I can I keep my order, but no, not take delivery of it yet and we'll just see what happens, whether this gets sorted out. And that's particularly the case with uh, the UK, given what I was just saying, to see what happens come the 1st of January. But 
um, it will come to the point where people just say, well, okay, this isn't going to change, this isn't going to go away, this 25%, so I have to either decide whether I'm going to pay it or cancel my order. And um, it'll be interesting to see which way people go. I, I imagine it'll probably, if I would pluck figures out of the air, I'd probably say 50-50, that you know, half the people who've got orders in will, will pay the extra and half will cancel. Right. Oh, well, then still, that's going to be a big hit for companies like Stern and Jersey Jack. Um, the other companies, uh, Spooky and American, I don't think they have... Well, American Pinball does have uh, distribution in Europe. I don't think Spooky officially has... Well, yeah, a couple, but but not... not those numbers are not uh, anywhere near like 40 50 percent or, or, or of, of the games they make so for no, them the impact will be less i suppose yeah i think so and but you know all around it's it's bad news for all manufacturers and, and buyers and also if you're uh, if you're owning a game and, and want to buy parts you know, most of them will come from come through america at right. some point yeah, or we go not, back they're to, made in China. Or we go back to the situation where people start basically um, uh, taking parts of other games to to keep other games running. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Perhaps we end up with donor games. But uh, then again, you know, pinball in the current situation, the machine prices seem to have rocketed. So I don't think uh, parting out a machine is uh, is quite as an attractive option as it was at one time when you know when you couldn't some machines you couldn't sell these days you can't get enough machines to sell right so um oh, i think well. so it's people are always going to want to fix up machines in, in this current climate rather than part them out right all anyway. in all um bad situation so uh, yeah. let's hope um a solution will be in some way um and and and, and soon because we all would benefit from that yeah, let's move on to uh, to one of those manufacturers who might potentially be impacted if this uh, this this tariff runs for uh, for some time. Um, and uh, some good news actually from from Deep Root Pinball, who've uh, who've shown the the latest version of their retro atomic zombie Adventureland. Yes, a pr- uh, um, production model of uh, this game was. Um, uh, basically um, shown and played and demonstrated at the uh, What's Brewing coffee shop on uh, Saturday, uh, uh, November 21st. Yeah, so production maybe in terms of um, mechanics, not in terms of software, I don't think. I think it looked like there was still quite a lot of work to do on uh, some of the sort of you know, the back office side of it, you know, the diagnostics, the, uh, the connections, the... Um, the, the setup menus and uh, all the stuff that they're doing through that uh, rather interesting-looking pin bar, right. which uh, has I, had a bit of a, a tweak. Right. Uh, I'd have to say that um, I, I watched... Uh, there, there was a, um, a stream by... Um, let me look it up if I can see it. Uh, Fliptronic, if I'm Fliptronic, not... Fliptronic, yeah. Yes. That's right. Uh, which is still available on uh, Twitch, so you can uh, uh, look that up. Um Personally, I was uh, I was looking at the playfield, and I was uh, I, I found the playfield lighting quite underwhelming. Well, the bar's been raised somewhat, hasn't it, over the last few games? From well, certainly Jersey Jack and with Guns and Roses, right? But also um, Stern as well has been doing some good stuff yeah, with well, their I mean, lighting. 
Um, I was tend more to reference uh, a game like, uh, for example, to, uh, Total Nuclear Annihilation, which has a, a, oh, yeah. a light show that, mm-hmm. that absolutely blows uh, many, many games, including uh, Stern games, uh, basically out of the water. And of course, in the Guns N' Roses has a stunning light show. Um, so, and, and it looked very uh, dark and uh, I'd say 90s, which... Um, well, that might be something that they want to go for, but if you're competing against uh, a Guns N' Roses or Avengers or, or, or something like that, then, um, yeah, your light show has to be on par with those as well. But, okay, yeah, that, well, that's, that's, that's one of the things I, I thought was meant it wasn't really a production version. In there. There's a lot of all this stuff to be developed yet. And um, I think some of the um, some of the graphics as well that, that we saw... Um, well, we saw it was good, but there seemed to be a lot more to go in there yet. So, right. But there, there, well, there was some good news. I mean, uh, last year, November, um, there was the there were two prototypes at the uh, mm. Houston Arcade Show. That's and right. the, the biggest complaint over there was that uh, uh, nobody, seemed, nobody seemed to be able to uh, make the center the ramp, ramp shot. Yeah. Um, well, that's uh, certainly improved. That was very doable uh, in, on, on, on the Fliptronic stream. Um, yeah, absolutely. I should just say that they had the uh, had two models there. They had the extra, uh, which is the top of the range version, which uh, featured the the uh, the, the uh, new style back box and also the the illuminated side art, which uh, I must say look look great i really very impressed by the the uh, the side art illumination there it looked uh, very vivid uh, obviously not that great if you're sticking it in the middle of a lineup of other machines because you won't get to see it so it's something you want to showcase but they also had the arcade version there which had a more traditional back box design that um, that robert had spoken about before but um said robert muller who's um, head of deep root pinball and uh, he was there um at the uh, at the Watts Brewing coffee shop, along with uh, Stephen Bowden, yeah, and they were answering questions that were posed on on the stream, or answering some of the questions, I should say, right, and um, and demonstrating. Well, Steve was uh, was demonstrating some of the features that were uh, built into the software and uh, also into the uh, the um, configuration diagnostics menus. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, and it's also good to uh, to mention that um, the uh, um, the edges of the pin bar, are, the corners are now rounded, uh, which yes. was one of the big concerns when the first photos of uh, of the game uh, came out. So um, so they solved that. Um, Although um, yeah, I, I think that that's another thing. I think didn't look entirely production quality. It looked a bit. Um, should we say like like people are taking hammers to the corner and um, and smooth it all off, but not in such a way as to look you know look like a traditional rounded lock bar. But um, the important thing I think was about it was the was the display functionality, which um, which showed you know some of the things they're hoping to do with the the pin bar display. And uh, there's, there's a lot going on down there, so I think it's a it's uh, innovative, yeah. I think it is actually, yeah. It's um, it's another control surface. Um, we, obviously, there are concerns about you know, having any kind of touch surface in this current condition, with uh, the ability to to pick up various uh, nasties 
off a off a flat surface, mm-hmm. and, um, and some questions about you know how, what happens if somebody does spill. <coughs> pardon me. Somebody does spill drinks or um, or you know stub out cigarettes or whatever, and make it into a you know a particularly nasty surface you wouldn't want to touch because you have to you have to use it to start the game. Yeah, because there's no start button on it. But apart from that, I think some of the things they were doing on there look very interesting, as well as you know, there's, pick, there's picking modes. And um, one thing I, I, I one downer, I suppose, about that would be something I mentioned a while ago uh, was it's a very narrow, wide display. And I think when Stephen was going through and, and showing to write the switch matrix. Um, Yes, it, you can't sort of see everything all at once because it's it's a very and, and you, there's no chance of seeing where the switches are on the uh, on the play on an image of the playfield because it's the wrong aspect ratio for that. Mm. So you did have to sort of keep going through pages and pages of of switches until you found the one that you wanted. So that I thought that was a negative, but um, it's certainly uh, more than outweighed by all the positives and all the things you can do with the with the pin bar. So uh, yeah, I think it was. Uh, a very productive um, demonstration of how the game works or could yeah. work. Yeah. Anyway, not so much the best presentation of uh, gameplay, but um, oh well. Uh, no, I think it was. Um, it it wasn't a launch. It wasn't a reveal. It was it was them putting the game into um, into a coffee shop and getting people to come and play. It. And then it was also streamed at the same time. So, so it's um, it wasn't a, a professional launch in any sense um i won't make any more comments about professional launches uh, but it, it it was what it was you know it was there and, and people got a chance and and got updated on on where deep root are with the development of that game i think that's uh from that point of view i think it's been good for them right okay now there was uh, actually more news uh, on deep root um uh, well, not much uh, long after uh, after this this uh, reveal uh, video, so to speak, um, and that had to do with, um, if I understood it correctly, uh, during the video or on on the back box was uh, shown a uh, a URL, a web address. Yes, and apparently right. there's a um, somebody by the name of uh, Blueberry Johnson. Uh, uh, on Pinsight uh, was able to uh, to visit that address and access the uh, uh, cache uh, memory of the website um, and it turned out that there were uh, pages in there that are uh, not publicly available but could be accessed through that cache. I have really no idea if I'm explaining it correctly uh, because I'm not a computer wizard in that that field so to speak no well, well what actually happened was on the display um in the during the track mode it has a, a message that comes up that says to to find out more about the game visit pinapi.turnerlogic.com right okay and so of course people will go there i went there and I had a look and it's a blank page um there is some some code behind it but not much However, as you rightly said, if you, if you go, go go back and uh, look at the Google cache of that address, then you can see some pages that used to be there. And um, there was some interesting information. It was uh, I think they used that site as a as a staging site 
for what will eventually be the the API where uh, people will connect through to uh, the root Pinball um, interface in order to access various parts of the website. And um, on there, in that cache, were, were, were interesting things about what... So I would say what they are planning, what a suggestion of, at, at some point, what they were thinking of doing. Now, this was updated back in September the 23rd, I think it was, so it's not massively out of date, but um, it referred to a base price of $4,999 for the arcade model, which sounds great. You know, that's uh, undercutting Stern's Pro prices quite considerably. Mm-hmm. And um, even with a 25% uh, tariff in the U- EU, um, that, that gap is widened further. But I think the downside to that was there was also a suggestion of uh, a requirement or certainly a, a suggestion of paying a monthly subscription in order to get updates and additional downloadable content into the game. Mm. So it's almost like, uh, I suppose, like buying a game. Uh, for a, or buying an Xbox, and then you, you you subscribe to their gaming service, and you can download more more games, or have access to more games, and get updates and, and additional content, which is only available if you do subscribe. Right. Which is uh, which would be a new model. I don't think anybody's ever tried that before. Um, well, but certainly it's, uh, not in pinball. No, absolutely. And and the, the difference with Xbox is, I mean, uh, or or. What, all these gaming uh, uh, platforms, basically, um, you're, you're, you're buying a 50 60 $70 game, and if you want the extras, you pay extra. Here we're talking about a um, $5,000 pinball machine, and you still have to pay extra to get uh, to, 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 to play the game with, with uh, 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 the best features possible. Yeah, I suppose the the question then would be, well, what's the, what's the minimum you can pay in order to get a, a you know a fully loaded or a a, a feature complete and software complete version of that game? If it's five thousand dollars now, and you, as you say, you subscribe for fifty dollars a month, which was a a minimum one year subscription, by the way. So you're, which I think was priced at five hundred dollars. So you're looking at another five hundred dollars on top of that. Will after one year, will you get a, a complete game? Or right. would you have to subscribe for year two to get the, the bug fixes that are introduced in year one, and then year three will give you more content? Right. Or can you can you just go in you know, two years later or three years later after you bought it and buy all the updates up to that point? But it means you've got two years of playing uh, an incomplete game. Right. So who wants to do that? But, but who says that you get updates every month? Because it oh, could yeah. be that the, if the programmers are working on a different game, they, they might not have time to, to make upgrade, up, updates for your game. And basically you're paying a subscription fee for a month uh, with, with no extras. Oh, I should say that, um, that it was actually $549 for, for a year, so you, you get one month free. But it's, it's not just for, uh, for updates to the game. You also, you know, it's, it's kind of like the Stern Insider and uh, the Spooky Fan Club and things like that. You get other benefits. You get, um, interestingly, what they call free free enhanced support, 
for your for for your fifty dollars a month. So, so it doesn't sound free, like free, but okay. No, yeah. um, makes makes you wonder what support you get if you don't pay it. Um, you also get um, a flat rate on um, on shipping of um, pinball purchases as well as merchandise. As well, you get um, if you buy five games, you get a twenty five hundred dollar store credit to spend on this for those of you who are buying in bulk. Mm. Um, you get um, get some deep root merchandise, swag, that kind of thing. You get advance um, access to future games when they're when they're released or when they're announced. And um, you get uh, what else do they say? Oh, they say you can skip the line uh, on priority sh- and get priority shipments of I don't know whether that games or, or merchandise. But anyway, mm. and then you get the the DLC which is the downloadable content and updates released during the act, all, all of them that are released during the active membership, which um, kind of makes it sound like you need to sign up on an ongoing basis. But we'll see. It was early days yet. And um, this, as, as we say, was only on a, um, on a staging website. It may not be something which they end up rolling out, but it might be. Right. So, and, and this subscription, is that... Um uh, tight to one game, or uh, if you're I, a I distributor, so. could you take the subscription and all your games are included? Uh, that's yet to be shown. Um, if you're well, presumably not for a distributor, but if you're an operator, then yeah, maybe you you can buy them in bulk and get a discount that way. Right. So it's not like let's say you're an operator, you're buying five Raza games, but. Um, you'd have to take a subscription for each of those games instead of, um, okay, I got a subscription to be, and, and all these five games that you bought will be updated on uh, that, that same, that one subscription uh, model. We don't know at, at this stage. Right. But uh, what we do know is that if you go to the, uh, the Apple well, App Store, um, you will find there is a deep root pin access. Um, app which you can download and um, which obviously doesn't do anything yet because it can't connect to any machines but when it does uh, you'll be able to um, according to the blurb that uh, is on the website you said this app unlocks worldwide access to log in play save and interact with our pinball machines and community users can save preferences log in to play or administer machines Record and view scores and submit reviews. Owners can review support documents and videos and submit support tickets. I'm not so sure whether your phone is the best. Um, I, I've seen, I'm not sure how thick the manuals of Deepwood will be, but um, browsing through a, a pinball manual uh, on your phone, I'm not sure whether that's the best device, but okay. Yeah, well, there's, there's the app there, as I say. I, I don't know whether you can actually install it yet, whether it's available, and uh, I assume it's free rather than costing anything, but well. uh, <laughs> you never know. Maybe there's a monthly subscription to that too. Yeah, so um, one thing that um, I picked up, um, or actually a couple of things that I picked up from the uh, from the stream that I uh, quickly want to mention mm-hmm. Um let me check my notes. Um, uh, Robert Mueller mentioned that the game is an always-on machine. Um, yes. 
which I find quite interesting. I mean, uh, uh, my first introduction with Always On Machine was when I bought a, uh, a new flat screen television, mm, yes. uh, which apparently is always on, which is nice. So you can, uh, but um, a pinball machine does use quite a lot more power than a flat screen TV. So I'm not sure whether you, if you, if you buy that for the home, I don't think you want that on all the time. Well, I, I think, it would, think it would be like a TV, uh, you know, you, you turn it off, but you don't really turn it off unless you unplug it. Now, you, you press the power button underneath and it puts it into a sleep mode from which you can wake up and check for updates right. overnight or during during the designated hours, whenever you, you tell it that uh, the game isn't going to be in use. Right. Okay. So so that, should re- that shouldn't require much in the way of power. Right. Okay. So, and um, there were also... Um, well, there was uh, Roland Euler was asked about production of the game, and um, I'm not saying that he avoided the answer, but he didn't give much info either, other than that um, from uh, the time when they were uh, airing the, um, uh, the stream, he said there would be um, more info uh, on. Uh, uh, production in two weeks, which is basically around now, so mm-hmm. could happen any day now. Um, but they, he also indicated that they would start uh, manufacturing at a slow pace, and that they have a four-phase program, uh, which is going to be um, uh, increasing production over the course of the next uh, three to four months. Right. No indication where the game's going to be made or when at, right. this, at this point. Right. So, um, and in the meantime, um, well, we haven't heard anything about, like you said, manufacturing. Um, I know that um, Antoinette Johnson, who is uh, featured in uh, Pinball Magazine number five, um, mm-hmm. she's the girl with the colorful hair. Amazing hair. Yeah, amazing yeah. hair, yeah. Um, uh, she visited Deep Root. I think she was um, on her way moving from uh, Florida to um, uh, California. Uh, she visited Deep Root, um, but just as uh, some reporters uh, a couple of months ago, she had to sign an NDA. Um, so she couldn't tell me much other than that she was very impressed with what she had seen. Good news. Great. Yeah. That's so. Let's hope they can get those games out and uh, available to buy and uh, to download the additional content soon. Because uh, I think we're all, all really wanting to play them. Right. Well, I want to play any new games, to be honest, at the moment. I don't know if you're in the same situation I am, but we're, we're not. I'm not getting out to uh, to see new games on location and uh, haven't seen any new games for a while. Um, no, well, that's... Um uh, the situation is the same for me. The newest game that I've played is um, uh, Stranger, Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger Things. Uh, last January at the uh, mm-hmm. EAG show, um, I'm in the fortunate uh, position that um, there is a small um, sort of arcade um, two blocks away from my house, um, and uh, they recently added a Houdini and a Willy Wonka, which are sort of new games, uh, because they were not that available for me anyway to play. So if I want to, I can uh, play Willy Wonka uh, or mm-hmm. Houdini. Um, it's an interesting combination, actually, because um, 
the flow on Willy Wonka, um, if you then turn to Houdini, well, that's going to be a, um, a, a slight uh, letdown, yeah. I'd say. Um, but, um, well, to each his own, uh, I suppose. Yeah, certainly he's very different play styles, that's for sure. Yes. Uh, okay, well, we'll come back to uh, to those companies a bit later, but um, let's let's head over to uh, to Elk Grove Village, well, obviously where Jersey Jack are as well, but, uh, and, and see what's been going on at Stern Pinball in, uh, in the month of November. Right, so, um, if you may recall, uh, I think we mentioned it a couple of times uh, in previous podcasts, um, the... Um, rumored next Stern Pinball was um, Led Zeppelin mm. and that was actually expected to be announced either during or right after Pinball Expo in October well nothing was announced then and neither in uh, November although um, the heavy metal game was taken into production uh, which you can sort of see as a rock themed pinball machine um, and then Stern came uh, in November with um, an announcement of a, a new game, but not what we expected it to be, uh, as it turns out to be a, um, uh, uh, a re-themed of the uh, uh, Star Wars uh, pin, but now as a uh, in, the, in the comic book version of Star Wars. So it's still Star right. Wars. Uh, but now with comic book art. And they did that earlier with the uh, Steve Ritchie uh, uh, arcade version, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they use basically the same art package and they, they threw that on the um, uh, the pin model, so to speak. Which is a completely different design by George Gomez, by the way. Yeah, it's a, it's a similar art package. I wouldn't say it's exactly the same. No, it's similar, but, but yeah. Yeah, the... Um They've actually taken some of the aspects from the premium because when, when they did the comic art version of the Steve Ritchie design uh, arcade game, they did a pro and a premium. They didn't do a, didn't do the LE because the LE was limited edition, and if they brought out a comic book version of limited edition, then it wouldn't be an LE. In say, well, the original wouldn't be the LE. It, um, it would be limited to the same number. But um, yeah, this uh, this pin version is a is a combination. Of, of artwork or cabinet artwork and back box artwork and, and translate from the premium from the premium and the pro comic art versions done by the same artist randy martinez and um yeah it kind of completes the lineup they did a you know they did the the the, the film version um of the the full size and then, then the comic and then they brought out the film version of the pin they did the comic version of the full size and then they brought out the comic version of the pin so right. that's that's all, all all the boxes ticked for Star Wars, I think. Right. Okay. So uh, I'm still wondering how many of these games they actually will be making and selling because, um, the, well, the, the price point is basically like for a thousand more, you get the uh, you get the real deal. So yeah, I think it's about fifteen hundred dollars. But obviously, uh, I I suppose they think that. Um, Jersey Jack have uh, gone high and taken the the premium end of the the holiday sales with guns with Guns and Roses, um, so that left a, a sort of a, a bit of a gap at the low end. 
no, low being a relative term, of course, when uh, when it comes to the price of the pin. And uh, I thought, well, this is a this is a good counter to that, you know, for people who haven't got that kind of money to spend on a Guns N' Roses and would like a Star Wars game. Well, here's a, here's another option. Now, if, uh, if if that's something that floats your boat. Right. So um, I'm still curious. Well, obviously, I haven't been in uh, to America. Uh, well, the entire year, basically. This year, yeah. Yeah. Um, but but um, I'd say it's still very rare to find any of these pin uh, uh, games uh, anywhere. Uh, well, they'll only be in the home, of course, because they don't have coin mechs. Yeah, okay, but but still, there's. Um, I think the only time I found them uh, was in Las Vegas at the... Um, the Flipper Club, um, uh, which is there, which is a private yes. um, uh, flipper club, basically, and yeah. uh, uh, I found yeah. found found it, um, at least one of them uh, of the I think it was the Transformers uh, or Avengers uh, pin model, uh, but but they're obviously very rare to uh, to come by. So that that sort of leaves me wondering how big production. Of these uh, games is, I don't, don't see them coming up for sale often, um, because they're, they're home games. I suppose they might not be sold through the sort of the regular outlets or the regular websites where collectors and enthusiasts. Well, you still can trade. put them up on, on on eBay if you want to get rid of one. Yeah, true. Yeah, eBay would be a good place, but um, I, I don't know whether people. I haven't seen many out. I haven't seen any. On uh, up for sale, but then as I say, they they go into homes, and they are probably like one-off purchases that people don't people don't trade them in the same way that, that collectors and enthusiasts do. And when they when they uh, when the next new game comes out, they need to need to sell one of their collection in order to make space. This probably goes into into you know, the average family home and stays there for you know decades. Right, okay. Well, anyway, enough about the uh, Star Wars uh, comic uh, uh, book pin and um, mm. uh, what have you, uh, because there's lots of other news from Stern as well. Um, for example, um, if you happen to be an owner of Elvira House of Horrors, um, then you're um, advised to make sure that your uh, the, the date in your game is correct and um, uh, basically... Um, Play the game uh, during the month of December, especially the uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians Haunt Mode, um, as there appear to be some Easter eggs um, hidden in there that will only appear during the month of December. Yeah, there should be um, 25 days of them from... I know, uh, if you didn't know about it before now, you've missed a couple of them, but uh, you can keep going. I'm sure there'll be something special going all the way up to the 25th. And uh, on that note... Um, I did see a, a Facebook post, I think it was, from Joe Kamakau saying um, if, uh, if you're looking for Christmas uh, Easter eggs, don't um, don't forget to check out uh, the Beatles, Beatlemania pin mm. on Christmas Day. Cause apparently there's uh, there's one in there, and I think we can probably guess what that is for those who have uh, heard the Beatles wish people Merry Christmas. So uh, it might be something like that, but either way. On uh, on Christmas Day, don't forget to turn on your uh, your Beatles, the Beatles, Beatlemania pinball machine, and uh, see what the Easter egg is. Right now, speaking of holidays, um, well, oh. 
we or just I, I should just add just uh, to interrupt you sorry about that say so, of course you can't wait till then to set the clock forward on your game and yeah or if you miss a couple of days set it backwards and then yes <laughs> good point <laughs> yes so now since you mentioned holidays obviously we just uh, had thanksgiving and uh, black friday cyber monday all that kind of stuff um mm. So, if uh, in case you were living under a rock, then you missed out a great uh, marketing promotion on uh, store merchandise, uh, which uh, basically finished December 1st. But yep. still, now you know that you missed it. Yes, and uh, a, another promotion which Stern are running, um, well, it may have finished by now, I don't know, but uh, they, they announced during November, um, so some point in November, I forget which date exactly, that the next 50 Stranger Things machines that they sell will include a signed Stranger Things collector's card. Woohoo! Well, if you were, you know, on the on the fence about buying one or not, that's probably going to seal the deal for you, isn't it? Get that uh, signed collector card. Um, yeah, um, not sure what to think of this. I still get the feeling that they're basically stuck with a bunch of games, and they're hoping that this will. This is not the first time that they've done something no, that, not, no. that, 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 that uh, giving something extra uh, if you buy the game and board uh, games and merchant other other kinds of merchandise and yeah. for uh, Stranger Things. So uh, randomly uh, dropped into boxes. Right. So. Um, so anyway, um, make of just, that what uh, you will, it, and I'm not going to get into one. any negative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you have bought one, and uh, and you're unboxing it, check to make sure that uh, you haven't accidentally forgotten the the signed collector card. Right. Inside. So now um, bridging on to uh, uh, um, code updates, uh, Stranger Things did finally get a code update, um, uh, bringing it up to 1.0. Yeah, it's been a very busy month for Stern. They've been uh, been working on a lot of games. Uh, six, I think, six different games all got code updates this month, um, including, um, well, even that, going back to Deadpool. That was a game which, um, which had two updates. And uh, Black Knight, Sword of Fury as well. It hadn't been updated since February, uh, February 11th, in fact. And that got an update as well. Right, so, and then Elvira was one of the games uh, being updated to uh, version 1.01. Yeah, and, and Teenage um, Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Avengers Infinity Quests. Uh, right, that um, got two updates as well on the fifth and the twenty fourth of November. Uh, as you say, Stranger Things up to version one point zero. So that, right. um, but I, it's worth saying actually that um, a lot of these, not all of them, but a lot of them are actually significant updates. They've added a lot of a lot of new things into it. I mean, things like Deadpool, for instance. Uh, they've they've uh, retrofitted. A lot of the sort of system updates that they've been putting into newer games, things like the DJ mixer, as well, and the uh, track mode, um, start button, lighting choices, audio equalizer settings, and and the competition play modes, uh, they will be added into it, uh, which is nice. They're going back to some of the some of the uh, early releases, but they also changed it quite significantly by allowing mode stacking uh, to let a certain number of modes run concurrently, which is. Uh, which is new, and they've also added a ton, well, in fact, 30, uh, I counted them all, and new high school table entries for various modes and features. Right, so basically and, uh, everybody gets the idea that they're good at something. Yeah, not only that, they also added four new songs to the game soundtrack. So, you know, And you're really going to tell us which songs they are. <laughs> <laughs> I could do, but 
I probably won't mean anything to anyone. So let's just uh, just be happy with the fact that they're still updating and adding more stuff to Deadpool. So that's uh, that's very nice. That was updated on the uh, the most recent update was the twelfth of November. So that's version one point oh five. Right. So okay. that's uh, that's definitely worth doing. As you said, Elvira's House of Horrors. Uh, we mentioned that about the the Easter eggs. They added uh, more lamp effects, sounds, videos, and speech for the. Uh, they came from space mode. Uh, the rest of it's sort of like tweaks to rules and bug fixes. Right. Um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1.23, more uh, support for Topper with lighting effects and, uh, and a test for the eye uh, mechanism they got up there. And they've added uh, a new Neutrino Pizza Party mode and done some of uh, the usual sort of tweaking of scoring and, and award levels. Um, I should say um, Black Knight, because we mentioned that earlier, they've added the DJ jukebox player into that as well, talking about adding it into uh, to older games, uh, relatively to that is. Um, but they've also uh, allowed you to, to choose whether to listen to the uh, the release version of the Black Knight Sword of, uh, Sword of Fury um, soundtrack. Sword of Rage. Well, yeah, okay. Sword of Rage. Um, <laughs> An alternative soundtrack, or uh, or a retro mix of uh, the, the original Black Knight soundtrack, as well as uh, a few changes to the way the the, the modes work and, um, and the usual bug fixes. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I think there's been been a lot lot going on. So kudos to to Stern. They haven't been sitting back and twiddling their thumbs with uh, no new games other than the the comic art pin being released. They've uh, been working on on new code updates and they brought brought a lot out in november so thanks to them right okay so um yeah i I think that's that's free yeah no uh, no subscription required for that oh yeah well let's not uh bring any any ideas to to stern about (laughs) subscription model because before you know it yeah that's a good point yeah, so, anyway, uh, so, moving next door, almost. Um, Across the street. Yeah, Jersey Jack Pinball. Yeah. I'm going to um, leave this one to you, because I really have no idea what this is all about. I've been following the the, the, the score bit um, system for a while, um, sort of trying to work out exactly when it would be a good time to write an, an in-depth article about it. Um, for those who don't know, score bit is a, is a way of... Um, as a system, really, it consists of a hardware board and a software API that allows you to get the scores out of your games, really, and also to interact with other aspects of, of the game system, now the diagnostics and the bookkeeping, all that kind of stuff. Which um, getting a score for the players, you know, live while they're playing the game, is a difficult thing to do on uh, with so many different systems. And the way that they're programmed probably means that um, I'm guessing here that uh, as a program, uh, occasional program, I would say that the, the score information is not stored in the same place in memory on every game. And, uh, and also the, the feature details and uh, awards probably aren't either. So what they, what they tend to do is they, you can buy a board for a particular game which plugs in and sort of interrogates the the system, the CPU, and the memory, and works out what's going on with that game, and can can extract the scores and um, upload them to a, a central server. So, you, uh, which is run by Scorebit, so they can you can look on there, you can see how games are going. You can obviously do uh, high score tables, leaderboards, tournaments, all that kind of stuff, but also challenge other people in real time. But it's a it's an add-on system to your existing game. Well, 
until now was uh, Jersey Jack Pinball have integrated Scorbit into their Guns N' Roses game so that um, basically because Guns N' Roses has internet access it means that they can access the Scorbit API directly by Wi-Fi and you can get all that same functionality um, straight into the Scorbit system without having to buy or, or subscribe to anything. It's all part of the Guns N' Roses uh, infrastructure, so that's great news. Scorbit normally, um, as I say, they supply you with the hardware, but you also have to subscribe to their service in order to uh, to use all the functionality they give you. But um, well, worth saying at the moment, actually, with Scorbit, um, if you uh, if you buy the board, that's, that's called Scorbitron, then you get you can get a, a one year's free subscription if you use the the, the promotional code Jackpot twenty twenty. Uh, which is normally worth uh, normally costs forty dollars a year for one game, and um, Jack, Jersey Jack have integrated this into their system at no charge at all. There's no subscription charge and there's no additional fee to to use it. It's it's already there. The latest version of the of the code includes it, and it has set up menus for it as well. So you can uh, put in your your account details, and it'll it'll connect to uh, the Scorebit API, and uh, you become part of the of that infrastructure, and um, and then you can start challenging other people around the world. So uh, okay. this is something which um, I think um, TNA I think had added, didn't it? Recently, I think. Yeah. Um, well, wrong, I have I a TNA game. I think Scott. Um, I think Scott added that. So yeah. uh, it's something which can can be done in software, and it just requires manufacturer support to to uh, to do that. I don't think Stern intended to do that. Right. I think they were they were asked about it and said that they're intending to do their own system. Right. Uh, I may which, be a pessimist here, but my scores are probably not interesting enough to share with the rest of the world, so I'm I'm not really tempted uh, by now. But uh, well, okay. Uh, well, right, it's people... great for tournaments as well, you know, because you can rather than having to have somebody go around and write down the scores or enter them into a into a, you know, a phone or a tablet or something like that, you can actually pull the data straight out of the machine. There's no chance of somebody typing it in the wrong or getting the player number mixed up or anything like that. It's all all the machine number, either. You know, it's all there and readily available. So I think it's it's a a great system. It's it's not cheap. It uh, as I say, you have to buy the board that's dedicated to that game and also an ongoing subscription. But it's um, that's that's the that's the model that they've come up with, and I think uh, it's it's something which. Um, well, if it's integrated into the games uh, from now on, uh, zero cost. Then um, it's great. No, it's a it's a, it's a win win. And uh, Jersey Jack have also said that they intend to go back and uh, when they when they add the Wi-Fi functionality to earlier games, the Scorbit integration will be part of that too. Right. So okay. uh, if you have a Jersey Jack pinball game, then uh, stand by and uh, look out for for the updates that include that. Yeah. So um, and hopefully it will still be free. Uh, because you said it's a subscription model, so um, could be that you're um, sort of being um, looking yeah. at a subscription for a game that already existed, and you didn't know you want to subscribe to something, and now you're paying for it. But well, maybe, maybe, but uh, the offer at the moment is that it will be it's free um, in perpetuity. If they change that, I, I don't know. You know, people might get upset and. Uh, take legal recourse to uh, to 
assert their their free access rights. But you know, as with all these things, there's free and there's free, isn't there? You know, someone's got to pay for it in the end. And um, you might have free access, but maybe there'll be you know a uh, a, a premium level. Well, there already is. There's a, there's a professional mode as well for Scorbit for operators, which allows them to to look at fault um, logs and uh, fault finding and uh, earnings reports and that kind of stuff on their games. That, that's a it's a higher subscription rate. So maybe that's a, that's an upsell that they can do um, to get um, just yeah, owners or operators at least to uh, to upgrade their their, their Scorbit uh, membership. Right. Okay, so other Jersey Jack uh, pinball news. Mm. Yes, um, I was uh, contacted by Jack um, the other day, and um, he said he was uh, he had been contacted by my employer, which was obviously a bit of a worrying uh, message to receive. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to go there, but yeah, you're thinking the same thing. Um, but fortunately, this was good news because it oh, meant that, um, that Jack was uh, was being lined up for an interview on uh, the BBC News Channel. Um, it was going out as part of their business section, uh, which is early morning for those you know, you know how how uh, markets open early and uh, you know those thrusting market boys are up and girls are up and about at uh, you know three o'clock in the morning getting ready for the opening of the markets well this went out at just before 6 a.m um yesterday actually uh, which is uh, at the time of recording that would be the first of december so the first day of december at um they were it was doing an interview with them i was interested in what the what the interview was going to be about so um so i watched it and uh, recorded it and um put it on the Put it on the Pinball News uh, YouTube channel as well, so you can watch it there. If you go to uh, Pinball News videos um, on YouTube, then you can you can watch it there. Yeah, but it was yeah, uh, in the meantime, it's also been shared on um, just oh, like Facebook and and similar pages. Yeah, that was that was the file that I sent Jack and um, and also uploaded to YouTube. So it's the same one. Um, but it's um, yeah, I thought it was a a very uplifting interview. It was, um, you know, not serious. It was about the the growth in home sales uh, during the pandemic, the way that um, that the company's Guns N' Roses game, the collector edition, sold out in uh, what two hours, I think he said, and um, the way that people are, are still, you know, getting to in, enjoy pinball. And and as Jack points pointed out, I think in the interview, it's uh, pinball that that um, that they're producing now is is nothing like. The pinball that people may be familiar with in you know, from their childhood, yeah. you know, the, the bells and chimes. The term, it's not your grandfather's pinball machine. Exactly, with all the uh, the RGB LEDs, hundreds of RGB LEDs, the big screen, the uh, the Wi-Fi, the Bluetooth connectivity, and uh, the in-depth rules and uh, the amazing lighting effects on the playfield as well. Um, yeah, and uh, they showed lots and lots of clips of promotional video. That, um, that JJP produced for the game. So it was pretty clear that um, this is a you know a, f- a full action game, and um, and also because the involvement of Slash working with Eric uh, on on the design of it was uh, was mentioned by Jack as well. well um, I'm 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 curious how Jack is looking back on that interview. Hmm. Me too. Let's find out more about that by speaking to the man himself. And we've got uh, Jack Guarneri. On the uh, on the line with us. Uh, hello, Jack. 
Hello, Martin. How are you? <laughs> oh, wonderful to hear your voice again. Um, well, that was that was just Gary. I just had to get rid of him. He was just <laughs> snuck in there somehow. I don't know how he grabbed the phone. No, he, he's everywhere. But um, yeah, yeah uh, I, I want to talk to them later, Jack. Let me talk to them later. He'll be back. He'll have his chance. Right. Uh, yeah. So, congratulations on your uh, appearance on the on the TV. Uh, a very positive interview. Did you think it went well? On the BBC. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. It was so great. Was See so what happens when you talk to us first. You were a guest on the Pinball Magazine and Pinball News podcast, and next stop, BBC TV. BBC, I mean, what's what's next? What's next? I don't know. You know, uh, who knows? But it was it was it was really good fun. Um, I think all the way around, uh, a lot of people got in touch with me and said they liked it very much, which is very kind and very humbling in a way. It was kind of funny for me because it was one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, that's right. Um, it was live. Me, it was live. No mm -hmm. panic. So I didn't know what questions they were going to ask. Uh, it's not their policy to disclose questions. Um, you know, I hoped it would be. Um, I, I had hoped it would be a uh, very positive um, type of interview, which it was, and it was very light, and uh, the presenter was very nice, and uh, it was just it was just great to talk about pinball. I love it. So, how did this interview come about? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, they got in touch with me. They just I just got an email out of the blue about a week before that asked if uh, I'd be interested in um, in being interviewed for this business show at 5.30 a.m. GMT, Greenwich Mean Time. And I said, hmm, let me, let me go to my... Uh, <laughs> let me go to my clock calculator here and say, what the heck? I guess that's about... One o'clock in the morning before they got me. They did a test call about an hour before, and I wanted to sit in a certain spot with uh, my game in the background, which I did. They liked that very much. I was in my office at home. Uh, the lighting, they were happy with. They were happy with the sound. So the engineer that called me, he was he was just thrilled. He said, he says, maybe you've done this before. I said, yeah, you know, man. <laughs> yeah, it's really easy to spot somebody who's who's media savvy like you are. But uh, uh, of all the things you did talk about on that uh, interview, were there any things which you would would like to have uh, liked them to have asked you about? To um, you know, or were you afraid to even be asked about certain aspects of you know, things like, for instance, you know the the EU tariff uh, on pinballs and how, how that's affecting the business and and the way that um, location has been impacted by the virus. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I could say afraid anymore. You know, I think I think it comes as a badge or a whip mark that comes when you start a pinball company almost ten years ago. Uh, that the fear factor has been beaten out of me, if there if there was any of it <laughs> at all. Uh, you know, I think it was a stupidity factor or maybe a naive factor or just entrepreneurial factor. But uh, I, you know, I was kind of ready for anything. I knew in the intro they were. It seemed to me in a subliminal way they were leading towards saying pinball was like an old school kind of game. And then when she asked the question um, and I told her it's not your grandfather's pinball machine, that these games are Bluetooth and Wi-Fi enabled and they have the RGB LEDs and screens and everything like that. You know, she she got it. And I think she had some fun with that, too. Um, you know, the, the tax part about it. 
it's it's been interesting because um, we've had no cancellations from any distributor affected by um, the tariff that was enacted last month. And that was quite a surprise to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, pinball people, uh, God bless them, because they're a group that, um, you know, is, is, is unmatched, really. Um, they want their games. You know, it's been a bad year in a lot of ways. It's been a good year that we're almost through it, and there's some vaccines and some hope coming. But uh, they want their games, and they realize, they say, you know, the game cost X amount of money, and it's I'm committed to it, and yeah, another 25%, I'm not happy, uh, but I'm going to pay it and get my game. You know, I want to enjoy it. I want to have fun with my family. I promised that we're going to have a good holiday, or I promised, you know, we're, we're going to get this game. It's a great game, Guns N' Roses, and uh, the you know, there was a little bit of pushback from some people trying to figure out, could they change a date? Could they change mm-hmm. an invoice amount of money? Could they could they fly it into some wacky country and smuggle it across the line? You know, there's always there's always people that are uh, going to try to do something different. You know, we don't participate in any of that stuff. Well, um, it's interesting that you uh, mentioned that. Um, obviously, um, here uh, we have to deal with the uh, the Brexit and. Uh, apparently, the current agreement with uh, Europe, uh, between Europe and uh, and uh, uh, England or Great Britain or whatever it's called, um, expires uh, uh, December 31st. Uh, in theory, um, the uh, the additional tax um, uh, uh, that's being added recently will after uh, January 1st not be applicable to the UK. So there might be a, a construction where you could um, uh, import games into the UK and from the UK to mainland Europe, uh, which would actually avoid those 25% uh, that's being added. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. And we don't consult uh, on taxes or tariffs or any of that kind of stuff. Um uh, you know, I, I, for the most part, uh, Jen and I manage uh, all the distributors, and uh, you, you know, I have a special relationship with uh, foreign distributors because I visited pretty much all of them, and I know pretty much all of them for many years. Um, I put our people on guard to say, you know, you may get phone calls from different countries where people are trying to buy directly from the U.S. or they're trying to to you know skirt this and and uh so we redirected some of those people there haven't been many of those calls and emails but we re- we redirected them back to their home countries uh to buy games from from there uh because we don't we don't sell directly to any country outside of the united states uh and certainly where we have distributors if we get a lead we send that lead in the u.s to a local distributor that's closest to that lead before we would sell the game directly anyway. Um, y- you know what? It's it's a mess, Jonathan. That's what it is. It's 2020 and it's a mess. And maybe this thing will go away and maybe it won't go away. We don't we don't know. Nobody knows. You know, that's the bottom line. And, and the whole Brexit thing, um, I read about it. I hear about it. We all see it on uh, different business shows. Uh, you know, it's been years that they're talking about this thing, and 
hopefully for the people in Great Britain that, that want it to happen, it happens. You know, that's that's all we can say. Yeah, we won't go into uh, too many details about about Brexit because it's uh, a lot of it's still under negotiation. That's a whole and other show, Mark. <laughs> it is. It's a whole whole other series of shows, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, uh, one thing I, I did want to ask though was um, having having done the interview, uh, what? Um, well, a couple of things actually. First of all, on there, you the presenter seemed uh, impressed or surprised by the speed at which the uh, the games had sold out. Are you surprised at, at the success of uh, Guns N' Roses? And also, um, well, let's just leave it with that for the moment. I'll, I'll, I forgot another question. I'll, I'll, I'll come back to it. But has, uh, has Guns N' Roses' success taken you by surprise? Uh, you know, I'd be lying if I said uh, yes. It, 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 it hasn't surprised me in a way because it's, it's just such a great game it's 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 to coin a phrase that's been used too many times it's a game changer it's just like wizard of oz coming out again um you know what eric and slash and the team have been able to do and i was certainly part of it because uh, you know <laughs> I, I wanted to do this and slash wanted to do it even though there was a game done many years ago uh we believe that with today's uh, passion and technology and time energy and money that we spent on it, we can make something really great. And it's it's really nice to see the marketplace uh, respond to that. And, um, you know, so in a, in a way I wasn't surprised. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we did the 500 uh, collector edition games. If we did a thousand, could they have sold out the same way? You know, a lot of people say yes. People say this or that. Um, some people want a little bit more exclusivity. Mm. The LE game, which I have, I don't have a CE. I gave up my CE yeah, for a that. customer. Um, I have an LE. The game's spectacular. Uh, even even the SE is a, is a spectacular game. So I'm really, re- I, I don't really know that I could be happier about a game. I mean, I think out of all the games we did, um, this one, because it has all of the content and it has everything I wished it would have, um, it really checked all the boxes for me. And I know if it does that for me, it's going to do that for a lot of other people, too. Okay, and um, the feedback you've had from the interview of uh, people being in touch to uh, congratulate you and... and uh, and say how uh, impressed, or, or you're hardly uh, a novice at doing interviews or, uh, or press appearances, I know, but uh, has the feedback that you've received from this been good? It's been very humbling. It's, it's, been, it, it's been very, very good. Everybody's been very kind. Um, everybody had, you know, uh, somebody said, I must have a picture of Dorian Gray on the wall uh, because... I don't seem to age and, uh, you know, they didn't realize it was one o'clock in the morning. They thought it was a different time of the day and uh, silly comments like how good I look or this and that, you know, it's kind of silly to me, but um, it was a lot of fun. I was just doing what I do, having fun with it. If you can't have fun in this industry building, uh, I think I called the game, uh, you know, sometimes when I say something after I hear it out of my mouth, I'm kind of surprised I said it. I said, this big box of fun behind me, you know. I remember years ago when our games did nothing, I called it a box of lights. 
and that kind of picked up. Now it's now it's a lot more than a box of lights. It's really a box of fun right now. So uh, I I, th- I think it it was uh, it was well received, and it was it was better than I could have hoped for. I really appreciative that uh, we got an opportunity to do it. It was really nice. Well, there you have it. So yeah, thanks, um, Jack. Jack uh, Guarnieri. Um uh, becoming a regular guest at our show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. And, and, and uh, happy to say so that he is. Uh, obviously, we have uh, other people who uh, uh, would love to be a regular guest on our show, but have difficulty getting on every time. Um, yeah. But we're, we're going to do something about that, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, we are. Um, not sure whether we're going... Uh, are, are we diving into that right now? Well, let's, let's just carry on, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll... We'll bring him in at an appropriate point. Right, okay. For those who are new to our podcast... um, We're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, now we have a uh, 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 regular uh, uh, guest, wannabe guest, I uh, may say, Gary Flower. Um, who is a uh, uh, an author and noted uh, pinball historian? Noted pinball historian, indeed. Um, we've been trying to get on to our show, uh, but so far hasn't been uh, that lucky. Uh, but we expect him to call in later during the show, so stay tuned for that as well. In the meantime, we are going to discuss what happened at American Pinball. Yeah, well, we, as you mentioned, we've had. Um We've had Thanksgiving, Black Friday, Cyber Monday and all that stuff. Well, American Pinball did a, a Black Friday promotion uh, with a sale on uh, parts and merchandise. Uh, and some good some good offers, I'd say. Uh, if you were if you were after a Houdini screen back glass, you could pick one of those up for uh, under $50 right. from the American Pinball store. And then you have to add uh, 25% for... Uh, <laughs> Europe and shipping and uh, well, not... I don't know. If it's a pinball part at that point. It's just an artwork. There's, mind you, there's probably a higher tariff on artworks. Oh, but um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm sure you could you could get that uh, classified as uh, you know just generic artwork. Um, it's an interesting question, actually. I don't know whether if you're buying like bulbs, going back to the the point that you just mentioned, if you're buying um, LEDs, for instance. Are they pinball LEDs or are they just generic LEDs? Well, you're right. LEDs you can also buy in Europe so and, and displays as well. So um, I think it's becoming um, more a problem if you need a, a, a new, um, I don't know, a slingshot kicker or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, going back to American Pinball, they also had uh, art blades for um, you know the interior cabinet artwork for Houdini for uh, $59.40. Uh, plastic sets for for ninety dollars and Oktoberfest plastic sets are one hundred and five dollars. Wow! As well, which is pretty good. I mean, it's, it's it's a lot of money for a bit of plastic, but compared to what you normally pay for, uh, you know, a full set of plastics for for a a, a modern game, I say one hundred and five dollars is not bad at all, and uh, might be worth if you're interested in any of those things or any any more American pinball merchandise. Just heading over to the American Pinball American Dash Pinball, I think it is dot com website and uh, seeing if their black friday sale is still going on you never know yeah you might be able to pick up a bargain yeah they might be looking to get rid of some stuff i don't know uh, so yeah who knows um but there was more um last month um i think we already mentioned that um mm-hmm. uh american people had been uh, um, involved with the uh, the hot wheels legends tour and uh, uh, there was some sort of a 
tournament for designs uh, where people could design their own Hot Wheels car, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, That's right. The yeah. final of that took place. Well, what can you tell us about that? Well, during that, um, of which Snoop Dogg and Jay Leno were both um, taking part, they also revealed the winner of um, the Hot Wheels sweepstake that was run by American Pinball. Um, that was basically you you uh, comment and enter for the partner of the sweepstake. There was no charge for it. But uh, sadly, it was limited to America. So anybody in, in uh, uh, the US, that is, not even in North America, in Canada. So that's why it is banned. No, well, you might have won. Maybe your, uh, your entry was discarded along with mine. For, for not being in America, but uh, no, the game was was there at the um, at the epic final in uh, Los Angeles, and the uh, the winner was announced as uh, as Ricky Kale from Jack Grand Junction in Colorado. So congratulations to Ricky, uh, he wins a, uh, a a new Hot Wheels game. That's a lovely prize to get, and um, just wish uh, you know, wish the rest of us could have uh, been in with a chance of that. Right. Okay. So, and um, well, Josh Kugler uh, also did a playthrough of the uh, uh, the Hot Wheels game. I'm not sure whether that was during the finals or um, earlier in the tournament. It was, it was a bit earlier, I think, but um, it was a part of the same um, Legends, the Hot Wheels Legends tour um, event that we mentioned before. Yes. Uh, and Jack Danger also did a, a gameplay and, uh, and a Q and A session with members of the design team. Uh, which you can uh, you can watch if you missed on his uh, on his Deadflip channel on on Twitch and probably on YouTube as well. Right. Okay. Um, that's all the news for uh, American Pinball. That that mm, um, I think so for, for November. Yeah, for November. Um, spooky Pinball. Yeah, let's head up to uh, to Wisconsin. Um, basically, a few things about what's coming up, but um, not really that much. To say really, um, they they did announce they're going to be revamping the the fan club, which is their their fan club, um, you know, like the Stone Insider and so on. Um, changes coming for that next year. No no indication of what they might be yet, but um, if you're a, a member of that, I'm sure you've got notification. And uh, if you were thinking of signing up, it might be worth waiting to see exactly what it is they're, they're going to be doing uh, in 2021. Right, so. and. Um, well, you mentioned you, you, you bought TNA when that came out. Yes. Well, there's a potential. Multiple, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, several of them, yeah. Um, potential for uh, a version 2.0 of yes. that to be, to be released. I don't know if you know anything about what's going to be in 2.0. Um, well, um, uh, Charlie was actually a uh, special guest on the uh, Super Awesome Pinball Show uh, with uh, Christopher Frenchy and Dr. Pin. And um, uh, he mentioned that um, uh, TNA 2.0 uh, at some point will be coming and um, uh, gameplay will be identical to uh, uh, the existing games, but there might be some cosmetic changes. And I'm not sure uh, whether that means that we get new playfield art or um, that they are going to do something with um, uh, cabinet art or maybe, um, uh, what do you call it, um, colored side rails or, or um, mm -hmm. stuff the, like that. The armor, yeah. Yeah. 
So, uh, but but he didn't uh, specify when that would happen, and I didn't get the impression that it would be right after uh, when they finish uh, the production of Rick and Morty. So it might be that they are uh, that they could do um, a different game after Rick and Morty, and then at some point, uh, TNA 2.0 might actually happen. Um, But maybe just floating the idea to see what what the like demand would be then. Uh, yeah, probably. Well, and if you're in the market for a, a new inbox uh, TNA uh, and you're in Europe, uh, you might be in luck because I still have one for sale. So um, if you're interested in such a game, you can reach me at um, editor at pinball-magazine.com. Wow. And that was obviously imported before the 25% tariff. Yeah, but I'd be happy to apply an extra 25%. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, to make, just bring it up to date. Yes, exactly. So, um, Perfect. Right. You're, you're, um, so, you're so generous. Well, Charlie's been busy. Um, it, was, it was also on uh, a podcast called uh, The Grail by Dean Del Rey. Uh, I which n- doesn't ring a bill with me. No, no it's, it's, um, apparently it's... Uh, Every week, Dean Del Rey profiles the world's best artisans and makers. Well, um, Charlie was uh, on podcast number three of that series, uh, the first two of which were all about uh, the king of handmade guitars, um, who I'm sure you know is uh, is Grover Jackson. Oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, so Charlie's um, number three. So if you want to, uh, to hear more from him, head over to uh, or search for The Grail by Dean Del Rey, D-E-L-R-A-Y, and uh, listen to that podcast so you can hear more from Charlie talking, presumably for a, for a, a less pinball-orientated audience, about um, about his journey, really, from uh, from quitting his, his regular job and starting up Spooky Pinball and uh, everything that's happened since. Right. Now, um, earlier on, Jack um, uh, mentioned... Um, quite a few Rick and Morty games are popping up for sale. Um, what do you make of that? Well, um, it's, it's kind of understandable. There's quite a lot of games popping up for sale in general, for, with, a, with a um, with a queue of uh, of eager buyers waiting for their games. It's understandable that people who've got them are looking to, well, considering whether or not they can they can make some a quick buck on it by by selling a, a low play game to those people who are waiting um it's uh but even so you know with as, as jack was saying about the, the the big growth in um in home sales um it's a good time for it to be a seller at the moment because you can the prices are, are way up and um if you're thinking of selling or uh, making space in your lineup for for the next game now is a good time to do it with uh, the prices where they are okay so it's not an indication that People don't like the game, but it might just be that they are considering either like, I want to get, the, for example, a new Guns N' Roses, so then, uh, sorry, Rick and Morty has to go, or... Well, maybe. I wouldn't like to uh, to guess on people's motivations for, for selling a game at any point. Um, there's always going to be some people who you know, who rushed in, bought the game, and uh, obviously having not played it, because nobody had the chance to, and... Um, uh, they they've played it and feel they've had enough. You know, that's a, that's natural with with any title, but I think in the most cases, I think it's people um, looking at the market out there and thinking, I've got a very valuable asset here. Uh, do I want to hang on to it and and see that value diminish over the coming months as 
as more and more are delivered and people can start going out and playing on location again? Or um, do I want to just, um, just sell it now uh, right. and uh, move on? Okay. Well, um, then let's move on to um, other companies. Um, Multimorphic, um, mm. I couldn't find any news. No, I, do, I, I checked. Um, looks like they're just still carrying on doing what they're doing. Which is, uh, appears to be building heist. Yeah, well, and um, and the base cabinets, uh, P3 uh, systems. Yes, that's yes. as well. Yeah. Um, okay, um, Chicago Gaming. No, well, we're still waiting to hear about their, their next um, the next game in production, whether it's going to be their, their remake, which... Um, this is what I don't get. I thought it was a, a slam dunk to be Cactus Canyon. People are, are now starting to, to float Theatre of Magic yeah, out there as I well. Think Christopher Frenchy already announced that it would not be Theatre of Magic, and he is uh, doing some freelance work, I think, for uh, Chicago Gaming. So Yeah, yeah, for their original title, I guess. And, and um, But if you're in the market for a, a Theatre of Magic game, an original one... Um, I happen to have one for sale. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard that it's a good time to uh, uh, to sell games and uh, um, yeah. well, I, I see one. a theme looking here. Yeah. So if you're looking for a theater of magic, and uh, since there's not a remake coming out anytime soon, feel free to contact me at editor uh, at pinball-magazine.com. Right. Okay. Very good. And, uh, yeah, so moving on to Home Pin. Um, yeah, no well, news there either, other than that they are uh, busy manufacturing uh, replacement parts. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what... Hang on, is that your phone? Oh, I got a new one. You remember what happened last month? I do, yes. <laughs> but you get the same ringtone. Yeah, no, yeah, I was able to save all that. And, uh, um, um, no, that's, um, yeah... Uh, so new phone um, and uh, old <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so um, but uh, so um, for those uh, hearing uh, the, the 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 music in the background uh, this is indeed Carrie Flower calling um, shall we get him on yeah come on let's uh, let's finally hear from from Gary I know okay. he's uh, got some exciting stuff for us okay so hello Gary. Hi, it's Gary Flower here. I wanted to say hi. Hold on. Oh, what? It seems to be oh. your your line is slightly distorted. Is it still there? Gary, you're sounding very weird. <laughs> Weirder than usual. Yeah, but oh, say what? Oh, it's not gonna work. I'm I'm oh. very sorry, but it it seems that. Um, although Gary sounded very excited to be on our show, um, mm. it, it, it appears to be a technical difficulty, and uh, I don't well, think it's going to work this time. Oh, well. Next time. We, we, we're hoping to get him on for a, a Christmas special, but uh, uh, looks like it's not going to happen. Uh, anyway, uh, New Year's resolution then. 2021, we'll, have, uh, we'll make sure we get Gary on. Okay, that sounds like a plan. So. I think it was the same plan we had at the end of last year, but anyway. Yeah, so moving on, um, yeah, Haggis Pinball um, in Australia. They've, right. uh, they've been up to, to a few things as well. They've been doing some uh, some more promotions. Oh, yeah. They've, um, Black Friday for them uh, meant uh, $500 off the, the price of the fully loaded Celts game. 
which, um, you know, if you missed out on the previous offer, which was $1,000 off, which they had off at, uh, they were offering at the launch of the game, uh, then, you know, $500 off is, is not a bad deal either. Mm. That was, um, I think that's still running for a little while yet, uh, into December, so check out their website. Yeah. I guess pinball.com. So, now, um, so getting back to uh, that, that 25% tariff, do you think that mm. uh, Haggis Pinball could be a company that would actually benefit from games in the US being more expensive so it's cheaper to import them from Australia? Uh, potentially, although I have to say that it does seem that shipping costs from Australia are pretty expensive. Yeah, but I probably was, uh, not 25% of... Um, uh, well, I was check checking it out. You know, if they want to sell them to to the US, for instance, um, they reckoned it would cost approximately $900 to send uh, a, a Celt game by sea to the US and $1,300 by air. Is uh, Europe closer by than the US? Uh, that's a good question. Um, you would think that you would think not. You would think the US would be closer, but I suppose it depends which which part of the US you're going to. Right. But even so, it's um, it seemed like pretty high costs. Although, you know, if you if you can uh, combine a number of orders and uh, and share that share some of the costs, I'm sure that that can come down. Right. But um, yeah, but they're only making what two fifty was it. 200, uh, I think. 200, yeah. right, of, uh, of Haggis Pinball. So, uh, Haggis Pinball's Celt game. Um, so, if you want one of those, you know, probably need to get in, well, especially with the offer on at the moment of $500 off, uh, get in there and, and get your order in. Right, okay. So, um, Dutch Pinball. Um, yeah, well, we had a, to you we, now. We, we had a scoop uh, last month where we basically said, mm -hmm. uh, uh, announced that Dutch Pinball would be moving to a... Uh, larger facility, they officially announced that. Um, uh, um, and they also announced um, that they are looking for full-time and part-time assembly workers um, at their new facility. They even started advertising uh, for that on yeah. social media um, and also locally, I believe. Um, so, um, yeah, they're obviously looking to increase the um, uh, um, the number of production uh, uh, employees uh, to speed up the production of the Big Lebowski. Mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, they sent out a newsletter. Currently, at the old facility, they were at um, a pace of four games a week. And um, what they hope to do with increasing the, uh, the, the staff of... Um, uh, factory employees uh, that they will um, increase the production to 10 games a week within a couple of months. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, understandable they're going to need more people. Right. It was, uh, it was quite uh, humorous to see that uh, they specified in the advert, in the advert right. that uh, working from home is not an option. Right. And uh, well, luckily the uh, the new facility is large enough that they can uh, social distance and still have everybody working there. So yeah, um, right. Yeah, the new facility I think it's uh, five times as large as the, the the previous facility. So that's quite an uh, 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 quite an improvement, I'd say. Definitely, yeah. 
good good news from from, uh, from Dutch Pimple there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, hopefully they uh, they will find the right people to um, uh, to start uh, oh, continue building games and mm. and improve the um, the speed of production. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, um, no news from uh, Circus Maximus about. Uh, about Kingpin. their Kingpin game, all the all Python's pinball circus, but um, Jimmy Lippum, who uh, works with the team there, um, he's he's launched a new product, which is called uh, the Pin Vision, which is a uh, it's a back it's a replacement backboard for the Twilight Zone game to start with at least, which uh, basically you know, takes the the wooden panel that's at the back and replaces it with a an LCD panel. Which displays um, sort of game coordinated animations, which which match the gameplay and the modes that you start and the scores. Okay, um, that's very cool. Look, it is very cool, and some some of the animations, well, they're all all very bright, and um, you no, know, it has a sort of twinkling star field effect when uh, there's nothing else happening. But um, it did seem very responsive to gameplay, and uh, you no, know, didn't seem to have much in the way of, of a lag, which you might expect some some systems to have, where they had to sort of call up the appropriate video clip and um, or wait for the for the signal to get through the system. Uh, no, this, this seemed very responsive and uh, and, and eye catching. And uh, okay, uh, uh, I know a few sort of um, caveats about some of the animations not not being to my particular taste. But that's always always the way with any uh, any new artwork, isn't it? It was gonna not that everything's going to hit the mark one hundred percent for everybody. Well, um... Uh, obviously, Jimmy uh, is a uh, very talented programmer. I'm not mm. sure whether he's a good artist. So, well, I, I don't know whether he did all all of it himself, or he he got other people in to do the artwork. But uh, some of it, some of it was very impressive. And like Clock Chaos, um, the spiral effect, uh, effect they had there animating looked uh, looked amazing. So, uh, so yeah, uh, go and check it out on uh, search for uh, Pin Vision and Twilight Zone. Um, I've, I found it actually quite hard to find where I could buy it. Well, in fact, first of all, I found it quite hard to find out what it actually was. I, I saw um, a post of his on, on Facebook showing, showing uh, all these systems bagged up, ready to go, uh, but no indication of what they were or where you could buy them. But hmm. a bit of hunting hunting around the web and, uh, yeah, found, found some videos of it uh, in action. And, uh, yeah, impressive work. So, uh, no, maybe come out for other games as well. Uh, it's worth pointing out that it's, it's not a... A display which does the entire width of the of the back panel because the back left hand side is all covered by the gumball machine and the uh, and the power mini playfield so you wouldn't see anything that was there anyway so it's more towards the the center and the right, right. side where, where you can actually see it so yeah very nice good work. okay good well then there's uh, probably uh, some other news as well uh, let's start off with the uh, pinball brothers who um, if you have a um, uh, good memory, uh, Pinball Brothers was basically um, the parent company, I'd say, of uh, Highway Pinball, or at least the company that funded Highway Pinball, um, who have brought us um, Alien uh, and Full Throttle. Um, when Alien, uh, well, only a handful of games were actually made before the company uh, sort of went... Um, well, under, mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, the Pimble Brothers um, created a, um, a Facebook account in October, and since then they have been teasing um, a mm-hmm. remake of Alien. 
Yeah, I've been sort of posting over and over little snippets or little um, hints and clues about Alien, which uh, I just sort of been watching these and thinking, well, for goodness sake, get on and tell us what you're doing. We know you're doing Alien, but show us, rather than just show us, you know, a, a little bit of plastic here or a little little bit of artwork there, you know, just tell us what you're doing. We know. We know who you are. We know, we know what you're making. So, you know, out with it. But well, apparently they're going to uh, announce mid-December, or mid-this month then, what exactly what they are doing or what they have done. Right. And... Um, and when it will be available? Apparently, it's been a, it's going to be Alien, a, a remake of in a, in a, uh, you know, standard size cabinet, I think, rather than being a wide body. No, 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 no. Oh, it's still no. going to be a wide body. Still going to be a wide body. At least okay. that's what I got from uh, listening to uh, Canada's podcast um, last night. Uh, so December first. If you want to look that up, uh, because he had a designer of the game, Dave Sanders, on. Um, and uh, Dave commented on basically the um, um, uh, well, the snippets that have been uh, shared, but those include um, uh, segments from, um, uh, I wouldn't say schematics, but. Um, Playfield drawing. Maybe. Yes, playfield drawings and that kind of stuff. Um, and he said the game is uh, definitely still a, uh, a wide body, but from the placing of uh, certain elements and especially um, uh, a, a coil that was apparently removed in earlier uh, uh, or the, the existing models of Alien, uh, but was intended to to be there. Um, it sounds it, like the magnet. Up the top. Yes. Top left, yeah. Yes, um, that's actually back into the uh, was uh, back into the drawings, and the reason the uh, the magnet was um, removed was there was no uh, space to place the magnet because the uh, highway pinball cabinets have uh, the playfield resting on two rails on the side mm. of the cabinet. Um, where in the new version it appears to be that those reels are uh, not present, uh, which could indicate that um, we might see a different cabinet being used, or, um, well, basically, it could be that we might see Alien in a uh, um, uh, wide-body Bally Williams cabinet. Right. Okay. One of the things I did notice from there, though, is it looks like they've taken out the the LCD from the playfield and um, and put it into you know, into a back back box type display like Stern have, you know, with a, a display panel with speakers either side and a, and a smaller LCD in the middle. Right. Uh, which, to my mind, would be a bit of a shame because um, you know, there seems to be plenty of space on the playfield for it. It's, it would obviously make it cheaper. Because they they've then taken out the the big LCD display from the right. back box as well. Right. Didn't Alien so, have two LCD displays on the uh, playfield? It, it did. It, it, uh, well, yes, it had the airlock one, which uh, was the small one. But the basically the main display was was both in the back box and on the playfield. And I think on that game, a lot of people actually used the one that was on the playfield because uh, it was always you know more visible than having to look up. Uh, which was uh, always Andrew's contention in the first place, but uh, he, he felt he end, ended up feeling he had to put a, 
uh, a, a back box display in as well, okay. just because people demanded it, even if they didn't look at it that much. But uh, but it's, it's obviously better for uh, for spectators as well that they can see what's going on in the game with the, with the displays in the back box. Right. Okay. So well, if you want to hear more about that alien uh, uh, possible remake, uh, check out Canada's Pinball Podcast of December first. And um, look out for uh, another announcement coming up in uh, a couple of weeks as well. Right, okay. Um, And, uh, well, it will be interesting to see who will be manufacturing uh, that game, because if it's manufactured in Europe, that might actually benefit European buyers. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And there's there's little downside for American buyers, because there's there's no tariff going the other way. So, um, apart from the shipping costs to get it over to the US... um, and the, and the relative strength of the, the US dollar to whatever currency it's, it's going to be priced in, um, it, it sounds like a good idea. I think um, if you have a look at, um, is it freeplay.se, the, uh, the, the site where you can buy all the alien plastics, parts, and uh, sculpts and everything, then um, that's all priced in euros at the moment, even though I think it's a Swedish website, so mm-hmm. it's not, not, not in Swedish kroners. So, if they make Alien there, it's probably going to be priced in euros as well. But I guess it'll be in dollars, be available at a dollar price too. Right. Okay. So now, um, from Alien, it's a uh, well. If you if you remember, I think there was a uh, limited edition backlash, which was uh, drawn by an artist named uh, Brian Allen. Mm-hmm. Um, who since then uh, has actually done quite a few uh, other back losses uh, for pinball machines, um, uh, yeah. mostly based on... Monster Bash, on, uh, Jack yeah. from Mars. Yeah. Medieval Madness. If, um, yeah. yeah. And his latest edition is a Whitewater Translite, which is uh, loosely based on the original uh, John Yousey uh, back loss, but with uh, uh, more characters... Uh, added and references to other Bally Williams games, uh, such as No Good Govers, Fish Tales, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Doctor Dude, um, and that's available on his uh, website, which is uh, flylanddesigns.com. Um, yeah, yeah. I have to say the um, uh, I was uh, pleased with how the. Um, uh, the artwork looks, but I was a little bit disappointed that um, he's referencing um, a lot of games that um, Dennis Nordman and Greg Ferris, who are um, uh, usually teaming together with um, uh, uh, when they were um, at Williams, not all the time, but quite often. Uh, yes, Doctor Dude is in there, but mm-hmm. uh, but but to me, it made more sense. To put, for example, Greg Frerers or Dennis Norman in 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 the um, uh, the, the the raft on the backlash mm. uh, instead of uh, a character from a game that they had no involvement in. Yeah, it just seemed a bit weird. Um, I think uh, there's a lot packed into this, and um, sometimes perhaps too much. Uh, less is more, perhaps. Yeah. I don't know. As I said before, everyone has their own individual likes and dislikes. Um, it was it was also interesting that, um, unlike the original, it's actually got the name of the game on it. The uh, the original uh, Whitewater Back Translite yes. didn't need it because it had the topper with the uh, the waterfall. Well, it still has, but yeah. yeah. So this is if you're not um, 
if you're not putting it in a game, you're just buying it to frame, then uh, this one will have the, the name of the game on it, which, right. uh, yeah. which is nicely done. So, um, I should say that the um, it's available, as you said, from FlyLandDesign.com. $120 was the price. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a uh, bespoke piece of art. And um, speaking of which, you could also get um, inner cabinet art, you know, the, uh, the art blades that we were talking about before. Um, Brian's done some of those for the game, too. So if you really want to uh, uh, modify your game and, uh, and really make it look packed and, and uh, fully arted, then um, you can buy the, the inner blades and the new Translite. Right, okay. Now, um, speaking of um, upgrading your game, so to speak, um, yes. new game rooms have been available for several uh, Williams and Belly games. Um, and these have been made by um, Søren from Denmark. Uh, he runs a website called dotsandloopspinball.com. Uh, um, and he has been basically upgrading uh, software ROMs uh, for for uh, elder games, uh, keeping the original software sort of uh, intact, but balancing out uh, score features a little bit more and 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 um, all that. And it's all uh, uh, under license uh, from uh, Planetary Pinball. Uh, who are also uh, authorized distributors for... Um, uh, yeah, well, Planetary Pinball sell it, and um, they have their distributors as well around the world. You get right. it from them, too. Um, I know Soren's been working with um, people like Josh Sharp to to identify what are known problems in some, some of these games and things which make them unsuitable for tournament play. And um, there are things which are not random awards or unbalanced scoring. So that and uh, addressed some of those in in the in the uh, updates he's got. So um, I'm trying to think of oh yes, like um, it's, there's a new version of Junkyard out, and I think where it stops you just um, going getting the super skill shot and shooting into the the sewer. Um, over and over and over and over and getting a huge score. I think it, it limits how many times you can do that before the, the, the feature ends. Mm. And, um, yes, I think um, things like Red and Ted's Roadshow, for instance, uh, you know, when you, when you start that game, you're limited to either uh, New York or Miami uh, on the on the West Coast. Yeah, and uh, then you travel sorry, to... Sorry, East Coast. Sorry, yeah. East Coast. Yeah, and then you travel to the West Coast. Yeah, now you can pick... Um, let's say you pick any city but you can pick uh, from a range of cities to start and and as your next ones you don't need to do them in order traveling from east to west there are some which um uh, are, are restricted i think or only uh, only available after a certain if you've done a certain number of other cities like you know, the trading post one right um that wouldn't make a lot of sense to me that straight away when you haven't collected anything right so so, but, but um, so, the, so the game is a little bit more randomized um, yeah, or more open, I suppose, more less less restrictive in that way. And um, the, the games that are available at the moment, at the uh, start of December, are Creature from the Black Lagoon, Junkyard, Radical, Red and Ted's Roadshow, uh, Xenon, Zenon, uh, Star Trek, the, the Bally one, Space Invaders, Silver Ball Mania, Strikes and Spares, and Rolling Stones, also the Bally one. 
so they're not all um, new dot matrix games. There's some quite a few um, um, seven segment display games there as well. Right. So and uh, well, I mentioned um, uh, game ROMs uh, because if you well if you're new to pinball and you're only used to um, uh, modern uh, games. Like like the Spike Two games on on Stern or Jersey Jack games, uh, uh, those games can easily be uh, updated with a USB. Well, that's not the case on these older machines where you actually have to replace the physical ROMs, mm-hmm. which are in the back box. And uh, I'm sure there is an instruction uh, guide uh, uh, how to do that uh, if you if you buy these ROMs. But basically, you're looking at a physical hardware. Uh, that you're actually buying to to implement these uh, uh, this new software. Yeah, so at the moment I don't think there's any option to buy the, um, the software without actually buying a physical ROM, uh, EEPROM, for it. Uh, for those, those people who can burn their own or offer a burning service, um, I don't think that's available to you. You do, you do need to buy the ROM, but they're, they're, I mean, they're cheap, uh, like $15 or $20. I think I think they're fifteen dollars for the for a single one and twenty dollars for those games where you have to upgrade two. Mm. So it's it's no it's it's peanuts really, and um, certainly will uh, will bring uh, all those games um, much more into tournament play than they they could have been before. So uh, that's good, and there are other tweaks as well, not just the tournament things, but uh, it's you said, only scoring tournaments. <laughs> oh, they'll be coming. Why don't you get a score bit system for your game and uh, you can right. do online tournaments? Right. Okay. Okay. Then some uh, very, um, I'd say, rather disturbing news, especially if you're a, um, a tournament player, mm. uh, regarding um, the uh, the replay foundation and uh, uh, its uh, the consequences for replay effects. Um, you have more details. Yeah, so the, uh, the Replay Foundation was, was basically set up to oversee and uh, sort of a, an umbrella organisation for um, for Papa. That's the that's the brand that they use um, to help promote pinball and um, to to host tournaments and and also to um, make charitable donations and of course the the uh, the very popular tutorial videos that are available on the Papa site uh, on papa.org. Uh, but the Repay, or Repay Foundation, I should say, um, put out an announcement saying that um, they are cancelling all further um, Replay FX tournaments, uh, shows, and all other um, events that they were going to organise for the foreseeable future. And um, not only that, but they are selling off their, their stock of inventory, which in this case means you know the hundreds and hundreds of pinball machines and video games that they that they have, which uh, people see set up every every year at the Replay Effect Show, along with uh, various other games. Right. Uh, so it looks like that uh, that show is is gone and isn't going to be coming back, or at least not uh, not in that form and not organised by the Replay uh, Foundation, unfortunately. Yeah, that is a pity because um, uh, for those not aware, um, replay effects. Uh, the tournament held there is uh, uh, the biggest tournament in the world, I believe, with a thousand participants, and it mm. usually sold out within less than two minutes. I think it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, and um, it was definitely on my list of events to attend. Um, 
too bad that won't happen uh, now. Yeah, I, I never made it to replay effects. I went to went to Papa um, a couple of times. In the, went back when it was uh, in in the old uh, building. Um, but um, yeah, it's, as as you say, it's a, it's a it's got to be on everybody's bucket list to go there. And uh, certainly those who have been can't stop raving about what an amazing event and so well organised and such a, um, such incredible machines to play. And, you know, it is the World Championship and uh, or was the World Championship. So um, we still have the uh, the IFPA World Championship, of course, as well. Yeah, but that's but, uh, on a much smaller uh, scale. It is. Yeah. But that's uh, that's that's going to be that's going to be the the uh, world champion from now on. Whoever wins that um, previously, there's always the, you know, there's somebody will win the uh Replay affects the uh, Pinburg event, and they they'd be the, that world champion, and, and they'll be the IPA world champion. But now there's uh, there's just going to be the one. But of course, at the moment we don't have any of them because there are no tournaments taking place or no um, IFPA sanctioned tournaments anyway. Um, so we have that to look forward to in uh, 2021. And um, yeah, the uh, the IPA world championship, I believe, has now been um, been pushed back to November. Of 2021, I think that's correct. Um, it's um, it was going to be uh, this year, of course, and the um, IFPA 17, as it is, will uh, will not be taking place until uh, the 11th to the 14th of November, 2021. So okay. uh, hopefully by then everything will be back to uh, some some semblance of uh, normality. But uh, yes, a real shame about uh, replay effects. I'd, I don't know the reasons why, and um, it's it seems a little odd that uh, just because uh, a couple of shows need to be cancelled, that they have to set off all their uh, all their inventory, and uh, and basically cancel everything forever. Yeah, but they 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 know the finances and what the what the implications of, of not holding shows are, and that's uh, obviously had a, a big impact on uh, their ability to to move forward in the way that they have in the past. Do we know anything about the um, um, the reasoning why they basically are selling off everything? Or no, no. I think um, obviously they, with um, cancelling shows and people who are paid uh, upfront for their registrations for the um, the twenty twenty show, and I don't think they'd be able to do the twenty twenty one show either. Uh, they have to then refund all that money. So that's obviously going to in, 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 uh, incur some uh, some debt, and um, and they have to store all these machines somewhere. And if they can't use them and maintain them, um, then you know what's what's you know what's the future really? How how far ahead do they want to look? They want to look at what's going to happen in twenty twenty two, and um, and try and get things geared up for that. They they decided that, uh, that given the finances as they are, that they they needed to do what they did. Yeah. Um. It is interesting to note that the uh, Replay Foundation itself will remain um, in existence. Uh, but Absolutely. They, yeah, yeah, but they will, uh, for for the foreseeable future, keep uh, keep it to just an online presence. Yes, all the all the stuff that's on the on the Papa website is staying there. So and there's quite a lot on there. So uh, that, that's good. And you know, who knows? Maybe they'll um, they'll be in a position to to be more um, active and uh, develop more uh, pinball uh, outlets, be they shows or websites or other online resources um, in the coming months and years. Right. 
Okay. Well, for now, it's um, I'd say it's a big loss, especially uh, well, like I said, uh, for tournament mm, uh, players. Um, and uh, of course, well, I've never been to replay effects either. Um, I still hope they will be able to um, uh, to come back in um, some some shape or form. Yeah, that's, uh, um, that's after, after the whole pandemic thing is um, uh, is over, which is hopefully soon. But then again, okay, it's going to be harder. They've uh, sold all the inventory, but uh, well, they can always buy that back. Well, they can always, yeah, always try and uh, round up um, local collectors to to do something similar. So it's not uh, not necessarily the end of the line, but uh, as you say, they they are continuing as a as the most uh, well entirely online presence at the moment. Right. Okay. Oh well. Um, we wish um, uh, Kevin and uh, the people that he's working with um, uh, all the best, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll see him in the future again uh, organizing new events. Yep. So, and then, um, well, some sort of, um, I suppose, <laughs> if, if you want to share that, some in-house uh, news or, or uh, news related well, to our uh, pinball news and pinball magazine uh, pincast. Yes, I had a, an email from uh, the guys at podstatus.com uh, with uh, good news, they said. Almost like Futurama, isn't it? Good news, everybody. Um, yes, apparently our podcast, this podcast you're listening to now, is number one mm-hmm. podcast in the category of games in Israel. Okay, well. Yeah, we'll start somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we're also number two podcast in the category of leisure also in israel hmm. um but number eight in games in the netherlands well i have a huge fan base so that explains a lot yeah of course surprise it's it's as low as eight to be honest um you need, you need to uh, to push it a bit harder uh number 50 um, in the category of games in norway and nine, number 97 in the category of leisure in the Netherlands. Yeah, that's the category nobody looks in. Well, we know what uh, what what the Netherlands is like for leisure. So um, I think it's quite quite good to do 97 there. I'm sure there are, are um, more than 96 other more interesting things to do with your leisure time. Yeah, right. So, so, our podcast. so basically we did two years of podcasts and I never even bothered to look at the numbers and we switched no. to... Um, uh, what Anchor. Are they? Anchor, that's the name I was looking for. And all of a sudden, we care. No, no, I thought it was. I thought it was uh, humorous, really. That uh, that somebody thought it was sufficiently interesting to send us this information. Right. But uh, there you go. I just thought I'd throw it in uh, as a laugh. So uh, we have to we have to push up. From number ninety-seven in in leisure in, in Netherlands and uh, get into well, we have know, to push up a lot more because in all the other, other countries we're not even listed. So, well, we, that's not to say we're not high in, in the rankings. They, you know, there's probably too many too many rankings to uh, to give us uh, all of them. But anyway, so just a bit of uh, useless trivia there that uh, that we don't care about, and I'm sure you don't either. Right. Well, that seems like a good uh, 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 way to <laughs> round up this uh, this this pincast. Um, yes. Since this is uh, well, we're recording this December second, and uh, uh, should not be up uh, uh, much later after. Um, so it's December. That means um, 
I'm going to wish you uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, um, and the best wishes for uh, 2021 in good health. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'll do I the don't same. think we'll be recording a uh, a bonus episode, but you, then again, you never know. You know, but in if case we really don't, exciting happens. We'll be there. Yeah, but in case we don't, uh, here's my holiday wishes for you, and uh, I'm sure Martin has his own as well. Absolutely. Um, have a, a safe, peaceful, and uh, above all, enjoyable Christmas, holiday, New Year season, and um, and celebrate safely and. We look forward to being back with you in uh, in January, the start of 2021, to look back at all the events that happened uh, in this month of December 2020. So until then, from uh, myself and uh, from Jonathan, yeah. we wish you a uh, oh, have a wonderful time and take care. We'll see you next year. Okay, thanks. Bye-bye. <laughs>